Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we celebrate the biggest seven-day period of the year for movie fans. The top five in pro wrestling. And is PUBG really as big as Fortnite? All this and more as we reach our next stop. The PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassman from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the lead elf at Humanica Media. You gotta check out everything going on today at humanicamedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Man, it's a busy time of the year during the holiday season. Got a lot of stuff to talk about, but it all starts with you, my friend. Can I tell you, Santa is working the Humanican Media Elves extra hard this year. I can tell. I can tell. Have you got something for Big Dog after what he did to your mixer? <laughs> no, but... uh. It works, so it's all good. Everything's everything's still intact, except for the side panel on the mixer. It's all good, you know? How you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. And I'll tell you what, a lot of great things are coming up on Humanica Media. I know you just did an awesome interview earlier today, and you got a lot of other great shows on the queue. In fact, one just released this week that you're going to tell people about more later in the episode. But we do have a lot of great things to talk about on today's show. It's going to be action-packed. We've got Chad Allen from IndieCast, and Andrew Davis from Pop Anime Comics Lounge. Those two guys are going to be on the show at different points in time talking about their top five pro wrestlers of 2018. We're also going to be talking about if PUBG is actually as large now as Fortnite. At one time, it was larger than Fortnite. Fortnite has come on strong, and now there's some stuff in the news going on that makes people realign themselves when thinking just how big Fortnite is and how close behind PUBG may actually be. Also, we're going to be talking about an album that has touched Josh as far as his thoughts, his, his mindset, and we're going to be talking about that here in a little bit as well. Plus, our top five Christmas movies. We've got a review of My Charge and Coffee Crisis. Quick thoughts on those and a lot more, my friend. I know we got a lot to talk about. So let's get into it because it is right now 
the biggest seven day period of the year for movies out there. I cannot believe it. It is finally here. What we talked about so much during the course of the year, what we went into depth into, into the fall movie preview show. It is right now a big time of the year. We've got Mary Poppins returns, which is already out, did about 4 million in its first day domestically. Got Bumblebee coming out this weekend, second act, as far as a rom-com. I'm not sure why it was placed here, because it was moved back from November. I'm not sure why this movie's here at all. It should be something that maybe be a January or February release, but Jennifer Lopez in another rom-com in second act. We've got Welcome to Marwin with Steve Carell. Unfortunately, the movie was going to be something that was placed like it was going to be a movie to be up for consideration for many awards. But something happened along the way with Robert Zemeckis' latest film. Unfortunately, this movie is being roasted, so we're not expecting much from it as far as not only the box office, but going forward as well. The Favorite and Mary Queen of Scots, both critical favorites already that have earned a lot of nominations out there, expanding wide into theaters, into about seven, 800 more theaters nationwide. And then on top of that, on Christmas, we've got Vice, one of the most lauded films of the year, and Holmes and Watson. So we get all that, plus on top of it all is the biggest release of the weekend, and that is Aquaman. That could do as much as $100 million in its first weekend here domestically. So your thoughts on all these great titles but then, of course, it all leads into the opening weekend for the biggest of them all in Aquaman. You know, we discussed Mary Poppins. You know, it's one of those movies where it's kind of not only is it old, but it's one of those things that I don't see it appealing to modern audiences. It's not in the vein of like Hamilton, you know, where Hamilton appealed to audiences because it's it kind of hip and fun to talk about. But Mary Poppins, I don't like I didn't even like watching it as a kid. And I know there's a few musical and Disney fans out there who really like it, but I don't definitely don't see it beating out Aquaman for the weekend. Right now, it looks like Bumblebee with a high Rotten Tomatoes rating, probably the biggest ever for any Transformers movie, could actually be great competition this weekend at the box office for Mary Poppins Returns. We also have, like I said, second act with Jennifer Lopez in another rom-com Welcome to Marwin with Steve Carell, which is getting roasted by the critics. The Favorite and Mary Queen of Scots are expanding into more theaters. All this is great news. Plus, on Christmas Day, like I said, you have Vice, Holmes and Watson with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. With all this coming in the way, with all these movies that are just trying to push out before the Christmas break, is it too many movies right now for anyone to handle? I don't think so, but I, I that doesn't mean that you know they're not going to not be watched. Having worked in a movie theater myself, I can I, I you know I can tell you personally that there are people who will go see these really obscure titles. But Holmes and Watson, I honestly <laughs> I don't see that doing that well. I don't know enough people interested enough in that. Very Which is just curious that that second act. You know, those movies seem like they would be better served if they were put at some different point in the timeline on the calendar. Well, I think it's just a matter of them trying to get it out before the year is over. If it's a bomb in December and it could have done better in January or February, that to me, I think is just, I understand that the last week of the year is one of the traditionally largest volume movie going parts of the year. I get that. But if 
Holmes and Watson, Second Act, and some other movies like Welcome to Marwin, they all get buried under the weight of Aquaman, Mary Poppins Returns, Bumblebee, Vice, which is getting a lot of buzz. Those movies might actually go ahead and perform so well that there may be no room left for other movies to even get a substantial piece of the pie or even a great bite of the apple like those ones like Second Act, Holmes and Watson, and some others that are coming out. So Welcome to Morrowind's doing bad. That surprises me because that's a movie that has everything that you'd think a movie that could be an Oscar contender would have. You know, so that really surprises me that that's not doing so well. You know, and then the, the fact that Bumblebee is doing so well, like it just makes me wonder what is happening. <laughs> like Bizarro it, World. Welcome to Bizarro World. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. But, you know, and honestly, I don't see any of these movies outperforming Aquaman, though. Like they're all being released in the shadow of a potential colossus. And I just don't see it working out well for any of them. Like uh, there's going to be Aquaman, and there's going to be whatever else happens to be doing well that weekend. So. And let's not even forget Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which just scored the number one last weekend. That's in its second weekend and could still do very strong. Right, yeah, and that's still got momentum going for it. You know, the thing is, too, like, you're right. Like, this is going to be one of those weekends where there might be too much playing, you know? There might be too many things for people to try to make their minds up of. But let me ask you this. Like, if you went to the movies and you didn't really know anything about what's going on, naturally you're going to want to go see what everybody's talking about, right? Which is either going to be Aquaman or Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or maybe Mary Poppins. So, you know, you're going to naturally gravitate towards the bigger titles with the bigger production names behind them. Honestly, I do not see Holmes and Watson doing so well, especially since it's kind of a spoof movie instead of something serious. Bumblebee, I'm fascinated by it now. And, you know, just hearing the the response to it so far, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to why it's getting that. But, you know, this is going to be one of those times where People are going to go pick one movie to go see at the theaters, and then the rest are going to be things they're going to check out on Redbox or Netflix or whatever. So, I mean, it really is a battle because you're going to go see the one movie that you want to see, and then the rest are going to wait until uh, you know it hits Redbox or On Demand or whatever. So who's going to win the weekend, man? Who do you think in your opinion? Well, far and away, it's going to be Aquaman. At least for the first week, I think even for the rest of the year, Aquaman is going to dominate. In fact, it's got a lot of momentum for it. It's got some mixed reviews here and there, but for the most part, people are saying it's a fun popcorn flick. I know I want to go see it. I know you're going to go see it, and we're going to have a review of it for our Monday show. Bumblebee, it probably will sneak over 100 million here domestically. It will do a chunk of change in China. The Chinese market has always embraced the Transformers, even though this is a predecessor to the Transformer movies. I have no doubt in my mind this will follow suit when it comes to a lot of money earned at the Chinese box office, so it will justify its existence. And the fact that it does have a very positive rating among critics tells me that it's, I don't know if it's reinvigorated the Transformer franchise, but it's done a lot for it. Mary Poppins Returns, it's going to do nicely. It's going to do probably right around 30 to 45 million over the course of the weekend period and probably around 50 to 60 million over the course of the actual seven day period. So there's good news there for Disney. It's not going to be a huge box office hit for them, but I still think 150 million domestically is going to be a nice return plus whatever it does overseas. The wild cards in all this, my friend, are Vice, Holmes and Watson, Welcome to Marwin, and Second Act. 
I'm going to tell you right now, Welcome to Marwin, because of the bad reviews, unfortunately, Welcome to Marwin is going to be on home video by February. You can already tell right now. Second act, that movie was bumped from November to December. That movie may actually get, what, $20, $30, $40 million. It may actually prove to be a small profit when it's all said and done. So I think it would have been better served at another point in time of the year, maybe like a spring release or something like that. Holmes and Watson, I think, is going to flop, and I think it's going to flop hard, even though I actually, for some odd reason, probably want to see it. But I will see it at some point in time. But yeah, it's, it's uh, for some reason, putting a movie with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell together at this point in time of the year does not really make financial sense to me. Vice is something that I think, of all of them, it's already garnering a lot of Oscar buzz. If it continues to garner awards, you could see it sneak in and continue to get legs week after week after week until it actually becomes a pretty good hit. I think of them, the one to watch out for is Vice. But to me, it just says that there's no Star Wars movie this year. So to me, it's almost like a free-for-all and a frenzy for all these movies to say, hey, look, no Star Wars movie. Let's go ahead and see if we can get our piece of the pie and just go ahead and just try and attack that Christmas holiday season for better or for worse. On our Monday show, we're going to have some thoughts on the box office plus our review of Aquaman. I'll tell you what right now, even though we're excited for Aquaman, it's very interesting to me to see how this all will play out. What are your thoughts out there on the box office in the next seven days with, again, Aquaman, Mary Poppins Returns, Bumblebee, Second Act, Welcome to Marwin, The Favorite, and Mary Queen of Scots expanding, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in its second week, Vice, Holmes, and Watson. What are your thoughts on those movies? Are you going to see one in particular? More than one? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking to Chad Allen from the IndieCast. He's going to be sharing his thoughts on the top five pro wrestlers of 2018. This is the PCC Multiverse. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Well, in our continuing search for the top five in 2018, I've asked podcasters and special guests from around the world to share their thoughts on various things within pop culture. One of the things I also wanted to cover on this week's show was the top five in professional wrestling for 2018, because still to this day, professional wrestling to me is a very deep-rooted part of pop culture. And here with me today to talk about his top five in 2018 when it comes to professional wrestling is a big part of the IndieCast. If you want to check it out today, just type in Indy, I-N-D-Y, cast, K-A-S-T, 
for the series of great shows covering the awesome universe known as professional wrestling out there. It is Chad Allen. Greetings, everybody. Yeah, welcome. Thank you for having me on. I definitely uh, appreciate the invite. I think I'll probably pick some interesting ones out there because obviously my show being so geared towards the independent scene versus like the the main WWE type setup, I hopefully I'll have a twist, a couple twists in there that maybe a lot of people aren't expecting. And that's what exactly I'm looking forward to is because of that, because I know for many, well, not as many as in the past, but I know for many, there's the WWE is the be-all, end-all. And even though ratings have declined considerably over the past couple of years, now doing right around the 2 million mark as far as on their regular shows, Raw and SmackDown and whatnot, there still is a bevy around the world of independent promotions and great wrestlers out there that maybe not everyone gets a chance to see. Sure, definitely. And and hopefully, and that's kind of what we at the, the show try to kind of promote is that there's a lot of people out there that you're probably not seeing right now or that you're like you said the mainstream fan may not know about that they're going to know about pretty soon here before long because wwe as as you've probably noticed in the last few years has done a pretty darn good job of scooping up anybody that starts to become a big name on the independent scene and put them on their shows i'd like to point out ricochet johnny gargano Tommaso Ciampa, EC3, all these guys that are starting to make a really big impact on like NXT and the like, and will be end up at main eventing their shows in the next few years, started on the independent scene and, and were making a big name there before they got the, you know, the quote unquote call up. So let's see. So top five, how are you, how are you wanting me to handle this? Do you want me to start from the bottom and work my way up or? Sure. Let's build some suspense. I want to, sure. I want to hear some suspense as far as building up because I just let everybody out there. I have not heard his list. He's not presented to me in any fashion. So I am just as eager in anticipating your list as everyone else. And I'll be honest, here's here's the even funnier part for you and a, a little backstage for your people. I haven't even fully pondered a, a top five list myself. So this is really off the top of my head right now. So <laughs> the people I'm giving you are definitely the people that are at the top of my mind right now as it comes to wrestling, which is actually why I'm picking number five right now is a name that I think in the next year, especially from what I'm hearing, a lot of people are going to be talking a lot about because it's supposedly the rumor is he's getting signed by WWE. He was uh, formerly on uh, Lucha Underground for the past couple seasons. He's even one of our podcast compadres right now with his Swerve podcast. But Shane Strickland is easily the fifth best wrestler going in wrestling right now. And if you don't know Swerve, you should be going online to look up MLW, which wrestles mostly out of here in Florida and out of New York. The show itself is amazing. But Strickland is easily one of the best people out on the scene right now. An absolutely amazing talent. Like I said, WWE is supposedly looking at him, which would not be a dumb thing for them to do in the least because he is that talented. Number four, Jeff Cobb is easily the number four wrestler going in, in the scene right now. Cobb is huge, but athletic. He actually, I think the best comparison I can give him, he's almost kind of the modern day version of Bam Bam Bigelow, but better. Big, quick powerful, can just do amazing things in the ring, and was playing Montanza on Lucha Underground, which is kind of where he got really noticed by a lot of places here. If you're not looking up any of Jeff Cobb's stuff, you, you should be, because he is that damn good right now. He actually is a great talent. Like you said, a lot of this Lucha Underground type of influence for a show that you and I both know may not hold over for the test of time because of its high cost, its high production value, sure. and its different type of format. 
And also the network it plays on, El Rey Network, doesn't always garner the highest amount of viewers. So the future for that organization might be limited, but the talent that has come through there, obviously Ricochet is probably, aka Prince Puma, is the, I guess, the shiny example of that. But there's still a ton of talent there that has progressed quite nicely throughout the world and a great future for many of those stars. And I'll, gi- I'll give you a little bit of a teaser here because this episode's not going to go up for a little while on, on, our, on my network. But we uh, just uh, fit- recorded an interview fairly recently with Sonny Kiss, a.k.a. Exolicious, who made his debut on Ring of Honor this past season. And we do talk a little bit about possibly the history and the future of Lucha Underground. And without giving away too much, Exolicious feels like the, the future might be pretty bright for that company. So I still think we've got... Hopefully at least another season. I think my co-host Zach Romero was joking about six seasons in a movie, I think was his, uh, was his joke that he was going with there. So hopefully they can go with that because for those of you that do watch Lucha Underground, they definitely set up a bunch of cliffhangers at the end of this last episode, which definitely would make it interesting to see where they're going with it next season if they get one, obviously. Number three for me, I, I have to finally give WWE a little bit of credit here uh, somewhere along the way. I won't go completely indie on this one, but Tommaso Ciampa, who I mentioned earlier, is not only probably one of the best wrestlers going nowadays, but I will probably fight anybody that doesn't believe he is the best heel going in wrestling right now. There is nobody that gets people angrier that I've seen out there nowadays, but legitimate, like, anger and hatred when he walks out. I'm a little mad they gave him theme music recently because I thought walking out with the no theme music was the biggest heel thing you could do in the world. But Ciampa is, and for a guy that's been doing this for quite a while now, to be hitting his stride now is absolutely amazing. But I love Tommaso Ciampa and I love what he's doing in NXT. So got to give him credit where credit's due. And he's had some incredible matches with Johnny Gargano. And he's also had some incredible matches with others in the NXT his matches with Gargano was, was amazing, but actually, I think I'm one of the few people that actually liked his most recent match with Velveteen Dream more than the Gargano matches. I mean, the Gargano matches have history, so you've got a lot of like you know backup to go with that one, which makes which makes a lot of difference. Don't get me wrong, but I thought overall as a match win, I actually really enjoyed his match with Velveteen Dream even more. That's an excellent choice. He did have some great matches with Johnny Gargano, but you're right. Velveteen Dream just added onto that list that he can have another excellent match with someone other than just someone he's so familiar with. Definitely. Number two in this one here, another guy that's had an amazing year, and I'll go to the main event roster for this one finally. You got to give it to the Kingslayer. Seth Rollins definitely comes in at number two. I don't know if Rollins can have a bad match with anybody. I'm sure there's somebody out there. I mean, he might have to fight Lars Sullivan at some point, so there could be the bad match, I guess. But if if there's a bad match for, for him, I don't know if it's through any fault of his own right now. I am hoping, with the rumors that I'm hearing, that uh, maybe a main event slot at WrestleMania is in his future, that they continue with that, because I think I totally think he deserves it. Well, he is so athletically gifted. Even after a devastating knee injury, although just before he had that knee injury, he was just so awesome as champion with such a diverse style. He still incorporates much of those high-risk maneuvers into his style of wrestling. It's all a question if the fans want to get behind him because the WWE at this point is, in my opinion, a desperate need of a top-shelf, high-impact star to really get things invigorated for 2019. And Seth Rollins could be that person that could get that whole thing started. 
And you know, the funny part is I completely agree with you. I think the biggest problem with the WWE lately is not necessarily finding the fans somebody to get behind. It's actually finding them somebody they feel like they can get behind and, and actually, you know, present in such a way that it keeps the fans interest. I think they could have had that a year or two ago with Finn Balor and he, well, obviously he got hurt, but him coming back from that injury could have been like the, when, uh, what year was it that? Uh, Triple H came back from the injury and ended up winning the title from, I think it was Jericho. Oh, when he had that quad injury? Yes. I think it was, what, it was WrestleMania 18, I think, if I remember correctly. But it made Triple H one of the biggest names out there because he is coming back from this injury and they built it up and they built it up and he came in like a house of fire. If they had done that with Balor, if he came back from that injury like a house of fire and took that belt right back, he'd be a big name out there now. But they lost confidence in it and didn't do what they should have with it. Chad, I respectfully say this. If we were to talk about WWE booking decisions of the past five years, <laughs> much less the past 25 years, you and I would be doing a marathon until next Tuesday at the you, very least. That's all you I'll let say. Me, you let me know when you want to do that. We can make that a thing. I'll Just, need lots of caffeine, though. That's true. Number one. I think almost anybody that's watching not just WWE, but watching all wrestling has to believe that 2018 for match for match, top quality, even broke Meltzer's star rating. If you don't think this is Kenny Omega's year and Kenny Omega is not the number one wrestler, you're going to have to fight me. This has been Omega's year to just show that he is, I think, quite honestly, the star he always thought he was. And now everybody's, I think, starting to see it, too. I'll give a 1A on this one here, which I probably shouldn't do, but Cody Rhodes deserves a 1A because Cody Rhodes took a what was just a god-awful WWE career and has just put a rocket on his butt and sent him up into the stratosphere, but Kenny Omega just barely squeaks him out on that one. I think Omega, this is Omega's year. Kenny Omega right now is at the top of the game. His match, like you said earlier this year, many of his matches already in the past Three, four years have been truly off the chain. Like you said, Dave Meltzer creating a new star rating for his match earlier this year. One of the best matches I have ever seen in my life. I cannot agree more. But with Cody Rhodes, like you said, he has brought the level of independent wrestling, the stature up tremendously with the elite, with all in, you know, the whole nine yards, bringing up him, Omega, the Young Bucks, that whole thing when they, they got Hot Topic, their shirts were just flying off the shelves at one period of time. It's been great to see him progress into that type of wrestler because he's always had that potential. You could see it. Like you said, he was just misused in the WWE if I only had a, a dollar for every time I could say that. But, but, that's true. but I will say Kenny Omega, I cannot agree with you more, is the top yeah. professional wrestler on the planet right now. Definitely. That's my top five. If you agree, you don't. Hey, find me at IndyCast. You can you can argue me there. So That's right. That's at IndyCast, I-N-D-Y-K-A-S-T. But I want to ask you one last thing, Chad. Of Why course. do people need to listen to all the great shows that are part of the IndyCast? Well, we're part of what's called the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network, which you can find us, by the way, if you want to follow our social media. You can find me at IndyCast, like you said, I-N-D-Y-K-A-S-T. We have to have the weird spelling. Don't mind us on that. But we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Heck, if you find us on Tinder, swipe right. But ultimately, you can find us on all that, but you can find the show at soundcloud.com slash WNRN. 
or you can search IndieCast or Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. We're on Spotify now, I'm very happy to say. We're on iTunes. Pretty much anything where you can find your podcast catcher, you can find us on it. Why should you listen to us? Well, for the IndieCast, we call ourselves the most consistently awesome independent wrestling pop culture with a little bit of splash of crass sprinkled on top. It's actually one of the few shows that I've seen out there that's actually hosted by two married couples, interestingly enough. It's myself and my wife, my co-host Zach Romero, and his wife Luna. And we tend to mix it up on all sorts of topics from the local independent scene here in Florida to the national independent scene with groups like Chikara. We have guests on constantly. Like I said, we have an interview coming up with Sunny Kiss, a.k.a. Exolicious. But we've had Rich Swan, Sue Young, Brian Cage, Bob Evans was on this past year. We've had a litany of amazing guests on. And then if, you know, you don't want to just talk wrestling all the time, for instance, our last couple episodes, we found a tournament that was Christmas movies that somebody had put up there. And we spent two episodes arguing over Christmas movies. It's just something different, something fun. We try to keep it interesting. We're not a real hard-hitting, star-rating type of show. And then with our other shows that are on the network, our friends at Team Hammerfist, we're on a show called The Power Hour, which covers more of the, uh, the WWE but they cover a little bit of their own the kind of fun side of it too. And to keep the nerd portion of it going, we actually also have a show that comes on from time to time that's called Monster of the Week, which is a kind of a role-playing game that's kind of like if you watch Supernatural or if you remember watching the old Scooby-Doo episodes where it's a, you know the one monster at the beginning of the episode and you're investigating through it. It's a lot of fun to listen to that too. And like I said, we're, we're trying all sorts of new and different things. And it's definitely worth coming over, giving us a listen, see what you think about it. And, and like I said, interact with us on social media. We love talking to anybody that uh, we call our dozens of dozens that listen to our show. Once again, it is Chad Allen from the IndieCast. They're available now on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and numerous other podcast outlets. And check them out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter and well, my gosh, you're you're out there just like we are as far as thank the you. social media versus concerned. That's all you you just got to keep doing it. And thank you for you know having us on. Like you said, the the one way that listeners find us and can find you guys obviously is when we get chances to do stuff like this with everybody. I'm always big on hashtag support indie podcast. So I'm I'm glad we get to uh, hopefully share some listeners here. Absolutely. I hope everyone goes ahead and checks out your show. And I thank you, Chad, for taking the time to be part of the show. Happy holidays to you and the entire crew at the IndieCast. And thanks so much for being a part of the pop culture cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the PC Multiverse. Thank you so much for listening in to all of our shows. If you need a listing of where we're at, because we're being played all around the world on 15 different radio stations worldwide, seven days a week, check out our listings on our Pop Culture Cosmos page on Facebook, where you'll also see a listing of many of our podcast outlets as well. My friend, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. So share us the goods, my friend. What's going on with Humanica Media? Popped an episode of Topicocalypse up yesterday. And if you tune in Sunday, you'll get a Christmas episode that we recorded. So be on the lookout for that. 
course, more big things coming at you in 2019, but I can't talk about them yet because they're not set in stone. So you will know when I know. Follow the Facebook pages. Before we head on to your thoughts about something that came up this week in the regards to music, I want to get your quick thoughts on what's going on with PUBG because they recently announced that they've gone over 200 million users on mobile. And thinking about it, when you put all the, the addition together, they have about 50 million users on PC and tons more on console. So you're thinking close to 300 million which rivals the game that you and I know has dominated 2018 in Fortnite. Is PUBG having a resurgence to the point where it could surpass Fortnite? Or do you see the same old, same old in 2019 with Fortnite staying on top for some time to come? PUBG still needs to do a better job of bridging that generational gap because that's one thing Fortnite has done incredibly well is learning to market to both all generations of game players, whereas PUBG is more realistic and it's less kid-friendly and it's more um, you know, oriented towards like Call of Duty and Battlefield players. So that's definitely something they could work on. Fortnite has that comic-y aspect to it. Not saying PUBG should do that, but they need to find a way to tap into whatever it is that Fortnite is using to bring people together and kind of use that to their own game. What are your thoughts out there on Fortnite and PUBG? Do you think PUBG is getting to the point where you can consider it at the same level as Fortnite once again? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, before we head to the break and head on to speak to Andrew Davis from Pop Anime Comics Lounge about his top five professional wrestlers in 2018, you recently this week wanted me to go ahead and listen to the latest album from Valley Heart entitled Everyone I've Ever Loved. Got to tell me your thoughts on why this hits you so hard and why you wanted to speak about it on today's show. Well, I, I mean, you know, I just want to address the cat in the bag, you know, religion, like it's to me, as, as someone who used to work for churches, you know, like this album hit me hard because all this stuff, it's the first time I've ever heard somebody openly question the practices of the church, you know, like it's okay to be a human being, to still go out and hang out with your friends and still believe in God and still question God. Like not, everything the church says is not set in stone. We, we all have our own versions of of god and what's out in the universe or whatever higher power is out there and these guys they ask all the right questions in this album and that's what kind of amazes me because i've never seen anything done like this in art you know as far as bands that are relevant goes like it really blew me away and some of the songs that they hit me so hard but i like i'm curious to know what you thought about it i tell you what the lyrics are there but when you also watch it on youtube and see their video for heaven and hell yeah, it does have an imagery that they're trying to strike controversy right there. And and the, the words hit you hard and some of the other songs that they have as well. But it evokes a rock music sound that tries to translate to across. Uh, it's not as hard-edged as, as some others that you've introduced me to and that some others that I've grown familiar with over the years. But just as a musical standpoint, I thought it was pretty good. Although I will tell you, it kind of leaves me to wonder why other bands like we know for like Chad and Hyperschmidt, True Die, and even DJ Plasma Z, who have songs that I think are commercially viable that we play here on the Pop Culture Cosmos, why they can't strike a similar deal because their sound to me is even more cross-platforming than what I listen to with Valley Heart. 
there is a lot of verbiage in there that that's going to get people talking. And I think that's what Valley Heart wants you to do when you're listening to its album. Yeah, they ask a lot of existential questions and they're things that people are afraid to ask. They might be thinking about it, but they've never, you know, they've never gotten into conversation because they're afraid of, you know, the social consequences of it. And I think Valley Heart does a great job of giving you something to chew on long after you're done listening to the album. Anyone out there that has listened to Valley Heart, share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Do you like their music? Do you like what they have to say? Have you watched their video on YouTube? Share us your thoughts on that. And I'll ask Josh right now. Try to get them in on an interview, man. I love to hear their in-depth thoughts on exactly what their motivations were with this current album. Oh, I'm working on it. Coming up next, we've got Andrew Davis from Pop Anime Comics Lounge. He's going to be talking about his top five in pro wrestling for 2018. And then after that, I'll be sharing my top five with Josh right here of Professional Wrestling. I'll be giving some quick thoughts on my charge and coffee crisis for the Switch. And then after that, we're going to be counting down our top five Christmas movies because it's the most wonderful time of the year right here at the PCC Multiverse. Did you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free, as always. But you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is go to ESOPodcast.com and click on the link. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. And we're back at the show once again, continuing on our theme of the top five in 2018. You heard from Chad Allen earlier. Now I want to get another perspective on the pro wrestling scene. He is the host of Pop Anime Comics Lounge, which you can catch today on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different podcast outlets. I truly want to welcome a great guest today. It is Andrew Davis. How are you? I am doing phenomenal. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's great to have you on, and thank you so much for adhering to my request for, for you know people that can come out and just share their thoughts on the professional wrestling scene. I spoke with Chad Allen earlier of the IndieCast, and he shared his thoughts on the top five in 2018. So I'm eager to hear your thoughts on the top five as well, because it, it just seems like there's so many great opinions out there. You know, not just wrestlers within the world wrestling entertainment, but also very much so outside of it. So I want to hear your thoughts. What is your top five in pro wrestling for 2018? So my number five is Johnny Gargano, because the matches he's had even prior to, I mean, since really 2007, going all the way all the way through 2018, every match he's had at an NXT takeover has just blown off the roof and the guy is Johnny wrestling and whether he's a face or a heel, I can't help but want him to succeed. And the amount of work and effort the guy puts into wrestling, you can tell and you could tell with every strike, every grapple, every move he does and just the storyline. And I feel that his heel break is way better than his face run has ever been and how his matches with Aleister Black and Tommaso Clampa have just done showcase what wrestling is and what it will become. He has had a great year. I do agree with you. His matches with Tommaso Ciampa have been awesome. 
And you're right. He deserves all the credit world and an outstanding choice for number five. And my number four is very similar, but he's more on the indie side, and that's Effie. But Effie is the first, one of the first queer openly wrestlers. But he had a decent run in 2018, and he's just had great matches with Sue Young and many other people, both men and women. And he comes out in a very infeminate way, but he is a brawler, and he means business when he comes out. And he had a fantastic match with Joey Ryan earlier this year before Joey Ryan got hurt. And he also has that LBGTQ element going, and he's really showcasing, you know, that LBGTQ plus community is just as good wrestlers. And I think they're now starting to get a lot of attention, and he's at that forefront. And he's soon enough getting a TV deal because of everything the guy has done. That's an excellent choice. And that's exactly what you're supposed to do as a wrestler. Not only just get over yourself to an audience, to whether it's worldwide or within an arena, but also you're supposed to help your opponent get over as well, regardless of the outcome. Just the fact that he is breaking new grounds as a gay wrestler and the fact that he's not just using that as a tagline, but also he's crediting more his in-ring style and his in-ring work and persona even more so that it's standing out to a lot of people and a lot of people are taking notice. And I think even to expand upon that, because I've had conversations with him, he gets a lot of hate and then actually people see him in the ring and like, I'm sorry for hating you. He's going into matches where people have an opinion on him because of his lifestyle choice. And then later on they say, you know, I'm sorry. I was heated in the moment. You are a great wrestler. And I think that's something that really showcases how good of a wrestler he is. And I don't know if there's anybody else right now in 2018 and even going into 2019 that can do that. And so my number three, and she had a bit of a rough year, but I still think she had an amazing 2018 is Nixon Noel, also known as Tegan Knox in NXT. And the reason why I choose her is whenever she is healthy, she is arguably one of the best women. I think she's the future of women wrestling. And just in the May Young Classic before she got hurt, she was putting on amazing matches. And that match before she got hurt, I believe it was with Tony Storm, was a great match between the two of them. And every time she sets in the ring, even and her teaming up with Dakota Kai, the two of them have just tore down the house. But she was supposed to win the May Young Classic. And there's a reason why she was supposed to do that, because she can hold her own every match. And I think that she's the future of wrestling. And I think that in 2018, she shows that when she's healthy, she knows what she's doing in a ring. She knows how to win over a crowd. You could tell that she loves wrestling and that she really loves this industry more than anything else. Triple H is betting on her in many ways. I'll tell you what, she is an outstanding talent, even in a sea of great lady wrestlers that are out there in both the NXT and the WWE. So that is an excellent choice at number three. And then continuing with these women, I think Becky Lynch is number two by far. She wins it on Twitter alone because that entire concept of the man and then the challenging of Seth Rollins for the title of the man and how that created a lot of buzz. And we talk about wrestlers getting over But the fact that Becky Lynch got over on social media before, she even said in the ring, I mean, she's been carrying the entire SmackDown brand. And she's really one of the reasons why a lot of people are only watching SmackDown right now. 
having this attitude where she's the boss, she's the man, she's the wrestler to beat. I think that's the only reason why she's at number two is because when you're carrying the entire blue division and you're the most interesting star on SmackDown and that to some degree, you're the most interesting star on Raw and you're not even on Raw's roster with Nia Jax. The fact that Becky Lynch got Nia Jax over because Nia Jax injured her and the fact that Becky Lynch is over on Raw when she's a SmackDown star, I think is the reason why she is so good and she is really the top women's wrestler right now. Well, I could argue with anyone that currently the most over wrestler in the WWE is not maybe a man, but it could be the man in Becky Lynch. <laughs> You're not going to get a disagreement from me on that one. <laughs> See, number one's tricky for me. And the one I want to say, some people might agree with, some people might not agree with it, but I want to say the Valvadine dream. Every time the guy has an NXT takeover event, he just keeps on exceeding my expectations. And he's already won me over. But his match with EC3, his match really for the North American Championship, all of his moves, the fact that, you know, I think this year he had, you know, call me up Vince on his tights. And he just has pure athletic ability. And he's got the whole package. And his match with uh, Clampa, I mean, the fact that the, I think he's only 23 or 24 at this point, and the fact that he brought Clampa, who is – at this point, a veteran in the industry and arguably one of the best NXT champs. And he pushed him. And the fact that the Valveteen Dream has pushed the NXT champion and was within milliseconds of winning the title and being the face, I think just speaks volumes of what the guy can do, what he's going to do. And I think that in 2018, he's proven that he's the future of this industry. Within the next two, three years, I mean, he's going to be, I think, a world champion in WWE because he's that good. Well, Velveteen Dream is an excellent choice. I tell you what, he has got a world of talent. And seeing him firsthand, I just thought he was too thin, thought he wasn't sure we, he was. He might have a you know just a great entrance and that's it. But you know what? He got in that ring several times in 2018 and outperformed everyone's expectations like you said, he's young. He's got a lot of experience to actually still get. And once he gets that, the sky's the limit for someone like Velveteen Dream. Just excellent choice at number one. And I'll tell you what, that's a great list in the top five that you have right there. But before you head on out, Andrew, I got to <laughs> ask you a question. You got to let us know out there exactly why your show, the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, is the show to listen to for everyone out there for obviously comic books anime, and of course, pop culture as well. So my show is a great listen to because I ask good questions. I ask tough questions and I get to the heart of things. And I put a lot of effort and research into asking all my guests, whether they're voice actors, comic writers, artists, and I interview professional wrestlers. And we start at their origin and we go all the way through as much of their career as possible. And we talk a lot about feuds. We talk a lot about getting into characters. And we really get to know the voice actor or the comic writer or the artist or the wrestler and what inspires them, what drove them to wrestling, what them, drove them to comics, and then how they really perfect their craft. And with wrestlers in particular, since this is a wrestling show, 
what we talk a lot about is we break down feuds and we speak about, hey, what was it like going up against this person? I ask a lot of interesting questions that I want to know the answer to. And since I'm a fan first, that means I'm assuming, and I hope everybody is with me on this, so we don't have to go spell out assume here, that if I want to know questions and I want to know what something's like with the wrestler, that other people want to know that too. And people feel comfortable and a lot of stuff gets revealed and it's just a great show and it's entertaining and you get to learn a lot about wrestlers that you didn't know. And then when you go watch them on TV or you go see them in a show, you know, you know something about them, you know what they're doing and why they're doing it. And in particular with somebody like Effie, we spoke a lot about LBGTQ wrestling. Sometimes trends are coming before they come and certain things might or might not be revealed on my show. So that's also another good reason is that sometimes spoiler events, maybe six or a year out, are revealed on my show towards the end in, you know, the self-promoting part of my show. And you might get a sneak peek of an idea of what's coming. And you can know before everybody else does. Once again, it's the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, which you can find on SoundCloud today, plus also Apple Podcasts and many other podcast outlets. Andrew Davis, it's been great to have you on the show like to invite you back on again to come on to show it at various points in time whenever you want to to hear upon your knowledge about pop uh, pro wrestling pop culture and just anything that's on your mind looking forward to hearing more of your thoughts in 2019 anytime and thank you for having me on just let me know whenever you want me on and i'm happy to show up and continue to talk about wrestling because i love this stuff so great to have you on the show and so great to have you part of the pop culture cosmos if you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. We just want to thank... Andrew Davis from Pop Anime Comics Lounge, and Chad Allen from IndieCast. Please, if you are into professional wrestling at all, listen to their awesome shows. And going forward, I hope to have both on in the future in 2019, talking about their favorite subjects in pop culture and professional wrestling. Speaking of professional wrestling, before we head on out, I got to give you my top five real quickly for professional wrestlers, because I didn't mention with those guys, but... Counting down from number five, Seth Rollins. Number four, Asuka. Number three, that would be Becky Lynch. Number two would be Okada in New Japan. And number one would be Kenny Omega right now, the best wrestler on the planet. I don't think there's any real discussion on that. Before we hit our Christmas movies, my friend, I'm going to tell you right now, I had some quick thoughts on the MyCharge Nintendo Switch attachment. If you want an extra two to three hours of extra charge that you can go ahead and attach on the back of your Nintendo Switch that isn't too heavy, that goes ahead and provides an extra charge, go ahead, pick up the My Charge today. That's My Charge. It's right there on Amazon. It gives you an extra up to three hours of charge on your Nintendo Switch. Just a really cool product. Really did well, especially when I was playing Coffee Crisis, a very fun old school beat em up 
in the style of 16-bit games like TMNT, Turtles in Time, Double Dragon, X-Men, and so many others that are out there from the days gone by, especially the NES and the Super NES era. If you're into the flavor of 16-bit old-school beat-em-up games, definitely Coffee Crisis has to be a must-play. It's only 10 bucks on the Nintendo Switch and other platforms like PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. You got to play it. It's a lot of fun, especially if you got two players. It's very challenging. It's got a quirky story. Anytime you've got two baristas stop serving coffee because they have to go ahead and save the world from aliens who are trying to take over and and possess people and because they're going to go ahead and try and steal all the Wi-Fi, the coffee, and heavy metal out there, you know you got yourselves a really fun game that doesn't take itself too seriously and is a great game for the Nintendo Switch or any other platform it's on. Highly recommend it. It's Coffee Crisis. And if you want to check out my full reviews, check it out today on popculturecosmos.com and popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. So before we head on out, I got to hear your thoughts on your top five Christmas movies. All right. Well, you'd think that Die Hard would make this list, but it didn't. So I'm sorry about that to all the disappointed fans out there. Number one on my list, I got the Santa Claus. You can't have Christmas without Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. You just can't. It's a 90s movie, and it's got all the tropes of a decent Christmas film. This was the first Christmas movie that I went to see with my family, you know, and you just can't ask for more than what they delivered to you in this movie. Like, there's not a moment where you want to get up and leave, you know. It's got everything that makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie. So that's number five on my list. Number four, I got Jingle All the Way. Okay, we all remember the adventures of Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to find Turbo Man, you know, and he's competing against Sinbad, and you've got the kid from Phantom Menace, and you've got Bill Hartman. That was good. That's number four on my list. Number three was, I wanted to put Home Alone on number three, but Home Alone did not make my top five. Home Alone's one of those, it's it's a given that it's good, so it doesn't really need to be on any list. So for number three, I chose Just Friends, Ryan Reynolds. Amy Smart. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. Okay, so Ryan Reynolds, fat kid growing up, right? Then he gets skinny. He comes home for Christmas one year. Amy Smart's the girl of his dreams. Boom. But he's a big music producer, and Anna Faris is pretty much in love with him. So it's it's just it's a fun movie all around. Number two on my list, I got Christmas Vacation. You know, you can't have a top five Christmas movie list without Christmas Vacation classic everything about this movie is classic this was a late 80s movie i want to say yeah chevy chase randy quaid so a lot of characters who uh kind of define that time for film and number one you want to take a guess what my number one's gonna be i was gonna say i'm gonna be andrew lincoln outside the door right there for you you know dang love actually that was my number one movie so it's a warm movie it's predictable. It's comfortable. It's one of those movies, super comfortable. And, you know, even though it doesn't have a theme of Christmas specifically, it takes place on Christmas. So I think that technically counts as a Christmas movie. But I honestly like I can watch this movie over and over again. It's just it's it's so good. And it's just it's has a, a star studded cast. And it's just the in my opinion, it's the perfect Christmas movie. But Gerald, I want to hear what your top five Christmas movies are. For number five, you know what? We are in agreement because I agree with you. You cannot have a top five Christmas movie list without Holiday Road. That's the wrong vacation movie, but 
Christmas Vacation. Tell you what, that movie was hilarious. And the scene with the lights with Clark Griswold trying to go ahead and create something out there, which I've almost tried to emulate seemingly every now and then when it comes to my Christmas light show outside my house. And I've actually popped a few breakers in the process. Is something that is got to be seen to be believed. It's transcendent. It's an awesome scene. And that alone makes it to anyone's top five Christmas movie list. Number four is Scrooged. And there's only one reason why. And that's Bill Murray. This is a vehicle for him. And you know what? He carries it all the way through. He just does a tremendous job of being that guy you just do not like to the point where you're rooting for him at the end. It is just a tremendous performance, one of his best. And I know people just at some point in time, they say, you know what? You're tired of the Bill Murray act and whatnot. But you know what? Of the movies that he's done, this has to be one of his best performances. Yes, it's all Bill Murray shtick, but you know what? It is all the better for it. That and Groundhog Day, these movies are just so much better by his presence on it. Number three, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Now, this movie doesn't get you right your heartstrings, make you teary-eyed or whatnot. I don't know what does. Okay, maybe it's not a movie. It's more like a holiday special, but it's something that you should see each and every year. And the part with the Christmas tree, that says it all from a a poor, weeping little tree to a bursting Christmas tree at the very end. That's worth it to me. Number two is Elf. Will Ferrell is very, very few points in time better than what he was in Elf. It's truly a funny movie throughout. John Favreau, you start seeing his directing chops. And this is the first movie he really made that got a lot of attention out there. So Elf is just a great holiday movie, and it is my number two on the list. Honorable mention goes to A Nightmare Before Christmas, which is very close, and obviously it's got an anniversary to celebrate here. So again, happy anniversary to A Nightmare Before Christmas. The Holiday is a fun movie with a lot of famous stars that are still around today. You skipped your number one. Well, don't let me finish the show without it, though. The Holiday is a great little romantic comedy, little movie. It has a lot of stars that we all know today. And that's a, a really cool holiday movie that you can sit through as far as if you're into the rom-com, like Love Actually and whatnot. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Where did the Island of Misfit Toys come from? It came from that movie and that story. That's really a fun one for kids to follow. And it, even though it has aged quite a bit, it still is good today. But I think that's my list for today, my friend. That's a great list indeed. Yours is awesome as well. Wait, wait, wait. number one, man. What Number one? Well, you know what? I'm going to hold off on that until the very, very end because, you know what? I'm going to say this. If you've got five great Christmas movies out there, please share it with us, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode indeed. Tell me your number one movie. <laughs> well, we're going to have a lot of talk about on Monday's show. Of course, all that's going on in the box office and so much more. Stay tuned for our Monday show, The Pop Culture Cosmos. Any last thoughts on the way out, my friend? Yeah, I want to know your number one movie. He wants to know my number one Christmas movie. I need to know. This This is like the Empire Strikes Back. The cliffhanger is killing me. All right. Well, I'll say this. You didn't think so, but I think for sure, for 100% sure, and to anybody out there, I will fight them on it. Yippee Kaye, die hard. 
all the way. What do they say? It's not Christmas until, uh, what's the guy's name? The bad guy gets thrown off the uh, Nakatomi building. <laughs> um, Hans Gruber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. It is a Christmas movie, by the way. Whoever wants to argue with that clearly has their priorities mixed up. It is the best Christmas movie ever. yippee Kaye. yippee Kaye. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.